discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we lift our hands to you tonight. We declare the Lord. We stand in the adorations of the eternals. Praise waited for thee in Zion. And unto thee shall the vows be paid. Today, we make progress on this mountain. Today, even though we are the feet of the, the top of the mountain, the cloud of God shall appear and shall speak to us, not to Moses alone, but to us. And we shall be separated from the elders and we shall enter into the mountain. They were at the top of the mountain. But by reason of experience, we shall enter into the mountain. And let your name be exalted. Even in Jesus mighty name. And every believer shall shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Give the Lord the loudest shout you can ever. Give the Lord a loud shout. Are you alive? Are you come alive somebody? Give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Oh, praise God. I said, praise God, somebody. Hallelujah. Today, I believe that because of what God has brought us from yesterday, we are already soaring in a different frequency. Hallelujah. And we are glad to come to add to what God is using Bishop to do. Can we celebrate our Bishop? Such a blessing. Um, he always has wonderful things to say about me. But everything he said about me, his own is times 10. I've also learned a lot from him. I'm not a pastor by calling. My calling is such that I stir people up. And by reason of people God sends my way to father, I have a pastoral dimension. And that's even how our ministry started. It started in my hall. Because people were following me everywhere I preach. So God said, gather them and train them. So I didn't plan to start a church. It's God who said that these people, are, they don't go to church on Sunday. Start training them before somebody thinks that because it follows you, they are hearing the word of God. That's how I started. So sometimes there's this intensity I expect from people. And I have to talk to him. He's a man of God. Take your time. 
human beings are like that. They will fall. Ah, the falling is normal. They will fall. Because sometimes when people fall, you are like, ah, are they not listening to them? So you want to even, I've threatened them many times. Maybe go out, sorry, no. I can't, I can't tolerate such things. But I realized that in talking to him, I've learned to be a pastor. Can we celebrate the bishop? <laughs> Hallelujah. And I want you to also celebrate yourself. And thank Jesus that you have capacity for tonight. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now, when I, when I came, usually wherever we go by the grace of God, because we are sent with an apostolic assignment, um, we are not sent to undo a work. Anytime somebody comes to your church and undoes it, it means he was not sent. You understand? God bless the seed that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Psalm 118 said that this is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. So it means the coming of a man God sends is your blessing. So it is an error that you are sent and you come and scatter a work. It's not God's pattern. That means that when you are also sent, you carry a message. And usually the message is such that when you come, because you are sent, God gives you a supernatural anointing to lamp up everything that is being taught in two hours. It's not because you are special than the bishop. It's because you are sent. And it will be once, some three, four hours in 12 months. So God gives you grace to lamp everything up in 12 minutes, in two hours. That's what God does. That means that everybody to who is sent in the sequence of the sending, we usually add up to the work so that our message is not divergent. Hallelujah. So, when I was praying to come and preach on this meeting, um, God said there is something we need in our generation. And it is called the influence of life. Listen to what I'm saying. Say the influence of life. The influence of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason we can be powerful and anointed and still not see the influence of the power is because of the absence of life. Listen to what I'm saying very well to help you. Because today I will explain to you the reason why they saw Jesus was sorrowful. They saw Jesus was near death. They could feel the sorrow of Jesus, but they couldn't help but sleep. So Jesus said to them, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That means that a lot of you here, the reason why when you come in the presence of God, you feel God's power. You fall down, you roll, you scream. But when you go to your room, you are insulting. It's because of the absence of the influence of life. That's why you can be very prayerful. And after the prayer, when you enter your room, a girl will pass his hand on your head and everything the prayer will pass away. You, you just can't do it. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you here? Wave your hands to Jesus Christ. No, when you understand these realities, it changes the plan. Uh, uh, you see, I was just quoting something when we were praying. Exodus chapter 24. And sometimes people have not noticed that scripture. Bible said, in Exodus 24, verse 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel. And they saw God. They were at the, the base of the mountain when God decided to appear. Exodus 24. 
But when this was happening, they went into the top of the mountain. Verse, verse 9, verse 8 and 9, please, let's go there. You see, so he sprinkled the people, declared at the base of the mountain, then they went up. Because he said, God said they shouldn't come beyond a certain boundary and they'll hear God's voice. But Moses and the, Aaron and the rest went up the mountain. Bible said, when they went there, verse 10, they saw the feet of God and the, you know, the body of God in clearness. And the nobles, that's verse 11, go to verse 11, and upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hands, and God saw and did eat and drink. Verse 12 is the issue. And the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mountain. So the Israel was at the base of the mountain. The elders and Aaron were at the top of the mountain. But Moses entered inside the mountain. So you can be on Mount Zion. But you have not entered into. I explain it. This is a very serious scripture. <laughs> I know that you have, you have read it before. But uh, you didn't realize that God was allowing Moses to enter inside the mountain. So you are on top of Mount Zion. But that is why on top of Mount Zion there are some limitations. But there's a dimension called inside Mount Zion, into the mountain. He said, let God said to Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. Then let me show you how that happened. Into the mount didn't have a normal location. So after all the instructions God gave, he rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God and he said unto the elders tarry ye here also so Joshua, Aaron and the rest they were at the mount top but Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mount wave your hands to Jesus Christ are you here? Yeah. I'm bringing it to light in regards to the matter of the influence of life if you don't understand the influence of life, captivity will be inevitable. I'm going to say something. When God said to Israel, let my people go that they may serve me. And Israel forgot the reason they were free. They were captured again by another nation. The Midianites, the Hittites, the Philistines, they were captured by the Canaanites. Different countries will oppress them. Why? Anytime the purpose of your freedom is forgotten, captivity is coming. That means that if God delivers you from masturbation and you don't understand why you have become free from masturbation for seven years or seven months and you begin to gloat in it, you begin to say, ah, for seven months I've not masturbated. You have forgotten the purpose of your freedom. That is why the masturbative spirit comes back again. Because the purpose of your freedom is not happiness. You didn't get that message. Just let me, let me explain it. A lot of you come to church to feel happy. And that is an error. Because if you came to church to be happy, then you are worshipping yourself. Because it means the end of worship is your happiness. That means you are, you are still the product of your worship. It's like when you came to church, you are not happy. But the Bible didn't say the end of worship should be happiness. It is with happiness and joy. 
I was glad when they said to me, let us go. So gladness is the method, but the end is God. But we have made God the method and the end happiness. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. That means I'm coming to church. I'll pray to God. I'll worship God. But when I'm done, the happiness means I came to church. But that's the error. I must rather use happiness so that I can meet God. So Isaiah 12, 3 says, with joy, you will draw. With joy. Not, by, not, not joy being the end. Joy is the method by which you access God. So stop saying you are coming to church to be happy. Or when you come to church, you're happy. It's powerful, but it should be a means, not an end. Otherwise, if the means is not the end, then the end is yourself. I said, when you are finished doing all God has asked you to do, say you are an unprofitable servant who only did what God asked you to do. So it means that in the entire scope of our existence, your happiness is not God's agenda. Somebody didn't get that one. Maki kabara and I'm going to show you here why a lot of us are struggling. Because we have swapped purpose. Let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that all things work together for what? For good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. So there is nothing like your purpose. So a lot of Christians go like, prophet, I want to know my purpose. No, his purpose. Am I preaching to you? He <laughs> didn't say according to my purpose. No, your purpose. He said his purpose. Mm. Mm. And what is that purpose? 29. 29. For whom he did for? No, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So all things are working for my good. Error. All things are working for his good. That's why if you worship God with this mindset, you think God is hurting you. You think bad things are happening to you and God is intentionally punishing you because you don't understand that it is not your good God is looking out for. It is his good. But once you are in him, that good that is him is also your own good. why we come to that place i'm tired of god this has happened god is weak god is not wicked you don't understand why you are where you are yeah and this is the reason why it's difficult so i'm showing you something i know daddy taught us on pure faith spoke about the righteousness of god but i want to show you another thing that's connected to it that's why i'm saying the influence of life some say the influence of life why can't you some say the influence of life hallelujah now, this influence of life is a serious matter. The moment you understand this, you understand that in the entire story of Israel, when the priest comes out and the offering is accepted, he shouts, Tetelestai. It is finished. And it is finished meant that the people will start shouting and jubilating. That's why Psalm, 20, Psalm 89 said that blessed is the people that hear a joyful sound. They begin to jubilate and are excited. Why? Because that year, the moment they hear Tetelestai, it means there will be bumper harvest. The rains will fall. Children will not be barren. Their sins will be forgiven. God will accept their offering. Their, their burnt offerings will rise up to the heavens. So it meant that what we are calling the finished work of God or Christ is actually the effect of the finished work of Christ. Because bumper harvest 
is the effect of tetelestai. Tetelestai is a declaration of the work that is done. So the finished work is not bumper harvest. The finished work is not even your healing. Because according to scripture, even in Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus opened a blind man's eye, he said that the scriptures might be fulfilled, that he himself shall bear our sickness and carry our infirmity. He had not mentioned stripes. So anytime Jesus healed, he was carrying sickness. That is why when Isaiah even prophesied it, he used present tense in prophecy. He didn't say by his stripes ye shall be healed. He said by his stripes ye are healed. It means that he does not need a cross to handle your sickness. Because he was beaten before he died. So if Jesus did not die, you will still be healed. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. That means your healing is not the finished work. Otherwise, when they beat him and by his stripes you are healed, he should have shouted Tetelesta. Oh, are you here? I want you to get this one. Because the moment he gets this one, it changes why you pray. Some of you pray because you feel if you don't pray, you'll not be a leader. Ah, You see, self is still the goal. You want to pray so that pastor will consider you as a good shepherd. No, you don't understand this thing. If I let me tell you something, the real way to be chosen by God to be God's battle axe is to pray not to be decided to be chosen. You are, you are, you are increasing in God because of a different agenda. You become a dangerous weapon in God's hands. You become a dangerous weapon in God's hands. So if I'm a pastor and my goal is to become a popular pastor, the devil knows where to get him. And that's why we say that when you have such a goal, Every miracle becomes a disincentive to press on. That's why some of you are worshipping so you have a good husband. You are worshipping so you have a good wife. The day they come, you realize you can't pray again. Because the reason you were doing it has been satisfied. So now there's no desire to press on. You were pressing on for a mega church. You were pressing on for many members. Now when the members come, you see many bishops, many pastors, many apostles. When the membership grows, they stop praying. Because that is the goal of your prayer. I sat down and I look at it. I said, no, I cannot play this game of becoming powerful and popular. And my fire will come down. Recently I sat down one of my mentors said to me, he says, Adam, the anointing is not the issue. It's the maintenance of the anointing. So when you see a man walking grace for 20 years, greet him. <laughs> because it is easy to crave the thing when you are hungry. It is easy to crave um, um, power when you are broke. It is easy to crave grace when you are under pressure. But when the thing leaves you and you are driving a nice car and they are paying you $5,000, will you still pursue with intensity? Will you still fast like you were starting ministry? so what am I trying to bring your mind to God is the end and the reason why God is the end is Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 said that all things were created by God and for his pleasure they are and were created so the pleasure there is the word Talima Talima means his, his plan his decision, his agenda everything you see on earth the way your nose is where you were born, where your house is, is all for God. That's why the Bible says, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. So God is not asking you to give glory when he doesn't deserve it. He is the owner of you. 
He designed how you should look like. So when he is ready to receive glory, it means that he is the owner of you. That is why it is his due. Look, if you see this fast, a lot of things you fight with God, it will stop. Some of you don't want to marry pastors. Because you, you, <laughs> it's all about you. Some of you, you are afraid if, if you ever become a pastor, bishop will transfer you to some country. You don't, you lack revelation. You know you truly lack revelation. You lack revelation. You lack it. Pakistan. Afghanistan. Iraq. Is you, you lack revelation. That's why when Bishop ever tells I want you to go and start a church in God, so you're like, God, so for what? <laughs> you lack. It's because you don't understand this thing. That God is the owner of life. And the way he created us had his pattern in mind. Can I show you a secret today? This is the error of the transmission of plurality of saviors. You cannot say Buddha is the owner of life. Hence, he cannot be savior. Number two. You can't say Muhammad or Allah is the owner of life. Hence, he doesn't provide us a savior. Now, the only one in all these people we call religions is God, who provided the son as a savior. He's the only one. Number two, what you can now say is this. Allah might have love. Buddha might have kindness. But God doesn't have love. He is love. God doesn't have life. He is life. Now the fearful thing about that definition is if he has, then there's the order of subjectivity. What I mean by simply fact is that if I have a car, you can decide to sit in the car. But if I am cars, whatever you do, any car you sit in, you are sat in me. That's the difference. That means that if God is life, whether you hate him or you love him, you will meet him on judgment day. It's not an issue of he has it. He is it. So judgment is inevitable. Whether you believe him or not. Because he is life. So once you understand this. If a man says I am cars. Even if you hate cars. Anytime you sit in one. You have sat in him. He doesn't have it. So that you can choose which one you like. That's why you see plurality of this gospel is dangerous. Because if you say God has life. Then it can be plural. Because I can choose to use God's car. Or use Muhammad's car. Or use Buddha's car. But God doesn't have cars. He is cars. So God doesn't have life. He is life. That means that if you try your own option. There will be problems. <laughs> That's why he doesn't. You don't give judgment because you believed in him. Whether you believed or not. You will meet him. <laughs> then you understand that the breathing you were breathing, it was not you. Somebody brought you. What makes your long work? What makes you wake up in the morning with that alarm clock? Excuse me to say, some people, the alarm clock didn't wake them up. So what makes you wake up? It's not an alarm. It's called the light of life that God put in every man that entered into the world. The one who put it in you, you will meet him one day. If you like believe him. If you like don't believe him. And you'll be shocked on that day. <laughs> somebody here? What am I now getting to? Now, when you read the scripture very well, 
you will notice that from what our father was teaching us in Romans chapter 1, can we go to Romans chapter 1? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Much preaching has been done, but I just want to open our spirit to something that I feel. I was telling him in the car that I, this is what God said I should share. He said, wow, that's powerful. Something I feel we are lacking in our generation. And the revival that is coming, we need this. You know what I call the influence of life? Do you know some of us here, we can't tell when somebody is speaking from life or speaking from his head. We, we can't even do a diagnosis. We don't even know how life looks like. Yeah, think about it. I, I know you are wondering, what is prophet talking about? Even doing things by life. Talking by life. Speaking by life. Thinking as life. Do you know your thinking patterns has a lot of things to do with the glory that rests upon you? When Jesus met Nathaniel, he said he's a Jew of Jews. In whom the first thing Jesus saw was not what he has done. It was what he was thinking. Did you read the scripture? It was what Nathaniel was thinking. He said, I saw you under the tree. And there is, when I saw what was in your mind, there was no guile. I didn't think you too. That's what Jesus said. That means that a lot of you are walking here. The way you are thinking is the reason why God can lift you. Oh yes, it's the truth. Oh yes. You see, there's, I've, I've told many young girls before. I said, be careful how you want to marry a pastor. Some of you have made it your agenda to marry a man of God. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you are, you are posing, you are not yet. And you are posing like woman of God. When you come, Mami Gio, yes. And when you are coming, yes, the Lord bless you. Hey, hey, sister, you have not even married a man of God. And you are having, you are mentoring women to marry a pastor. <laughs> Somebody listen to what I'm saying. Now, what I want to bring your mind to is something very. Listen, I really plead with you. Yeah, these messages, they are very rare messages. But the moment God gives us the blessing to hear messages like righteousness, that means something is coming that will make us number one in the plans and purposes of God. I'm telling you. Was, there was a generation, new creation came. God gave that propagation to Christ Embassy. So God used them to be number one. And a lot of churches were learning from them. So it means there are some things when God gives you a church. And it's, it's unique, not different. Get what I said? Unique, not different. Difference is not uniqueness. Listen to the term I'm using. Unique means it's the same thing by a different style of presentation. Different means it's absolutely off from what everybody is saying. That's not what I'm saying. So God will give us the same message of the gospel by it to be unique in our presentation. That means God has found us faithful to become the spearheading ministry for that propagation of the assignment. Now, I'm talking of the influence of life. And let's go to Romans chapter 1, quickly. Romans chapter 1. Verse 17. Can we read together one to go? In fact, let's start from 16. I'm not ashamed. From verse 16. I'm not ashamed. Uh-huh. Next. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The just shall live what? By faith. And I believe that Daddy touched on a couple of these things yesterday and today. But this is what I want to bring your mind to. Now he says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Verse 16. Go there. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, even to the Jew first and then to the Greek. For therein, in the gospel, which is the power of God, is the righteousness of God revealed. So the gospel is also what? The revelation of the power of God that is by righteousness. Are we together? Are you sure you are here? But Bible says that righteousness is from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. That means that when you go to Romans chapter 3 verse 21, there is a kind of righteousness that didn't come by faith. He said there is a righteousness which is apart from faith. Romans 3.21, go there. He said there is a kind of righteousness from the law which is apart without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the prophets and the, by the law and the prophets. There is a righteousness without the law. This is the one that comes by faith. But there is also another righteousness, that's what he was talking in context, that comes by the law and it is apart from faith. Please, are you here? Okay, I want you to follow because of what I'm going to introduce you to now. Now, the Bible now brings us to a place where he says, this righteousness becomes the habitat of a believer. That means that it is from faith and takes you to faith. The moment you enter righteousness, you are in faith. Doc said it yesterday. Don't do, do, you see, you are doing this Ghanaian spirit. You have been taught by you are looking at me some way. Please. You should be nodding your Yes, yes. Yesterday. Uh, did dog teach it yesterday? Good. Uh-huh. So let's know that you were learning something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So you come to an understanding that nobody in the old covenant was told or the early church was told to increase in faith. The only time you even see the word Lord increase our faith was in Luke 17 in the Gospels when the disciples were asking God to increase faith for offenses for forgiveness but nobody in the early church from the time of the acts of apostles up to the last epistle nobody was told increase in faith it's increase in grace there's not an increase in faith why the teaching of righteousness settled the matter of faith are we here so yesterday when we understood pure faith it was in context with this are we together okay so i want to get that you are understanding the things i'm talking about so that um, come here, sir. And this is it. Come here. Come. Now, the Bible says Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of faith. According to Hebrews chapter what? 12. Verse 2. Uh-huh. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Now, Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of faith, stands here. And do you know in the Bible, um, he gives us the blessing of living life by his faith. Not our faith. Please, you were taught this. Good. So that Peter does not need to pray as much as Jesus prayed. All Peter has to do in Matthew chapter 14 from 28 down to 32 is to walk in the description Jesus has given him. Walk on the water. He didn't pray. He has not fasted. In fact, he started the whole thing. If you are really God or you are really Jesus, tell me to come. So he was even unsure before he was told to come. So when he started walking on water, he, he, he just obeyed a voice. 
Not necessarily because he had built himself to carry out anything. Is it? All right. So having understood this, Bible says he made him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. Now this righteousness is a holy transaction that implies that where Jesus stood before the cross, we by the cross stand at the same position. That means that if Jesus became the author and finisher of faith, where we are now standing in Christ is the location of faith. Yesterday he said it. Knowledge, faith, what you know, who you are, what you have been placed in produces faith. Are we together? Please, are we understanding? For he said, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So by righteousness, who I am in Christ, my rights in Christ, faith is automatic. Because once I know I'm standing where Jesus stood or is standing, I'm standing in the blessings of Christ and he became sin for me and I became righteousness for him because we have been made the righteousnesses of God. So we became righteousness for God. Oh, are we together? Okay. Having understood this, we are in a new place. But you know people are standing in righteousness but are not living righteousness. This is why I'm saying the influence of life. A lot of us, listen, he was alien to sin. We were friends with sin. Come to him. Then Jesus now became alien to righteousness. Okay, so now Jesus now is now friends with sin. And we who were sinners have become alien to sin. So where we are standing is alien to sin. This is why Paul said in Romans chapter 6, the verse number one. He says, shall we continue to sin? Because grace abounds. God forbids. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer? That means that if I'm alien to sin, I have to learn the life influence of an alien of sin. But I'm in sin. I'm in righteousness. But I'm still living the life that is friendly with sin. This is why, thank you sir, this is why, unfortunately, the glory that is in the church is the glory of the ministration of death. It's not the glory of righteousness yet. I'm telling you. He said the glory of the law, it brought glory, it, it was glorious in its dispensation. Second Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 7. He says, how be that ministration of death had glory in it. So the way we prophesy, the way people fall down, and all those kind of things. He said there was glory in it, but the glory is fading. But there's another glory that does not fade. It, it rather excels. So can I give you an example, sir? There's a kind of anointing when you receive from the ministration of the law, it only depletes. It's not the anointing that increases as the day comes. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So you only get anointing and you are struggling to keep it. Because how you got it was from a certain ministration. Prayer is powerful. But the moment the ministration of death enters prayer, if you don't pray at midnight, the enemy will chew your mother. That is a ministration of death. You will pray and God will deliver. But that deliverance cannot be sustained. That's why every midnight you have to keep praying. 
God that I can talk about. Because it's administration that fades. That means in the elements of the spirit, prayer is required, fasting is required, giving is required, but the moment it is ministered from death, you have to sustain by effort. And that's where it becomes difficult. <laughs> that's why it's like this Christian life is hard. It's because we are in death. We are operating a certain glory. Many prophets are in the new covenant, but not of the new covenant. Because we are prophesying what you want, not what God has written. It's two different things. I can prophesy what you, are, what you want. I want to go here. I want. So many times when you are prophesying, it's not in consistency with what somebody wants. They think you have missed it. They are, they are looking at you some way. And the unfortunate thing is that it is the beginning of war. Because from where does the war come from? James 4. From your own desire. So the moment they are giving you a prophetic word, according to what is written about the volumes of the book, you have become like Jesus, who wants his will over the will of God. And it will be a war. <laughs> Wave your hands to Jesus Christ. So a lot of your delay is not God who delayed you. It is your will against God's will. That's made you stand at the same spot for a while. Are we here? Okay. Let's go to the part I want to bring your mind to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's read Romans 1.17 again. And let me enter the things I want to share. Now this part is, like I said, it's not been treated much. We've touched, I know Love Economy has touched it before, but in general church parlance, it's not been treated much. And like I said, we measure people and the power they carry based on the number of chairs they break. <laughs> yeah. How the place was scattered, it means the power was here. So, we don't even know how to measure life. So sometimes when life is being dispensed, we are tired. Because we are used to... Let me put it this way, sir. When you are even listening to music. You can be moved, but you are not changed. Yeah. It takes the influence, and the way change happens, sometimes it's without movement. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> can I show you a secret today? This is the reason why you can argue with somebody about boyfriend, about certain things, about watching certain things, about watching wrong things. Now, what I'm trying to preach right now to you is this. What it means is, if you are arguing with somebody, you are listening to radio, and you are walking in town, and you are hearing a lot of things. How have you went to secondary school here? Most of you. How have you were Christians in secondary school? Most of you. But have you noticed that because of entertainment, you know certain dances? You didn't dance on stage. You were SU prayer papa. But you knew how to do floor works and you knew how to do all of those things. You knew it. How? How? And one day I was asking God the question. Have you ever stayed in an area? They are doing funeral. Or it is by the drinking spot. Then one day you wake up in the morning. Then all you are, you want to do worship. Chop my money. Chop my money. I don't care. It's like, how 
did I? I've been trying to memorize verses. But when I wake up in the morning, I heard the song once and I know all the words. All. How? There is something called. <laughs> there is something called. Mindset intelligence. When they want to program you, they don't show you something all the time physically. They program you unconsciously. A lot of you don't understand why you are dealing with lust. The reason you are dealing with lust is because the moment you open your YouTube, the moment you open your Instagram, somebody is shaking their buttocks. Somebody is doing something. The moment you pass down, energizer battery, and the girl is in Brazil. Energizer. You don't know. You think you just saw a billboard, but you are being programmed. I'll show you something in behavioral psychology. Mindsets are built by subconscious learning. That means that and I'll give you a simple practical example. I always tell people everywhere I go. When you are first in doc, when you were in SS, you are learning chemistry. There are some things in the chemistry, you know it's not difficult, but you don't know why you are not getting it. It is usually during vacation, after the exam. that you are like, I remember this thing. I understand this thing. Why is it that when I'm learning for exams, I can't remember? That means that anytime you are forcing yourself to learn something, it is more difficult than allowing yourself to learn it without planning to learn. Mm. that's why faith does not come by forcing it faith comes by hearing it but the hearing should be done in such a way that everything you are hearing from radio to TV to sermons are all you listen you remember revelations and think it's the Holy Ghost who dropped it in you because you played bishop's messages overnight and when you are showing that like the Lord told me and bishop was smiling we're like oh it's in my message <laughs> if the Lord didn't tell you anything it is a stored rhema from overnight listening. But when you are saying it, because it brooded in your spirit, it feels like you had it. That's how it is. That's the secret. But you sit there like, you want to listen to this message. You start dozing. And you will not remember anything. That's why you should, you should believe God. Eh? So that when you sit in the car, message is playing. Even if you are well or not, let's be playing. When you are sleeping, message is playing. You listen to it. You are, you are, put it on. Don't leave it on radio. Put it on. Have a controlled environment. By the time you realize something is dropping your spirit. Evil spirits cannot stay in an atmosphere of worship. Every time the room is silent, have you noticed where your mind goes? Are you understand what I'm saying? So I'm bringing your mind to something very, very important. Very, I'm serious. Very, this is the reason why people, like right now I'm preaching here, people are feeling tired. It's, it's the absence of the influence of life. It's true. It's true. The Bible says in James chapter 5, the first time, first John 5, I think 12 down to 15. He said, if you see your brother sinning and sin, that does not lead to death. Pray that you receive life. It means your temptations, the ones you fall, is life that is short. It's a shortage of life. First, James, James 5. First John, sorry. First John 5, verse 15. He said, when you see your brother sin and sin, that does not lead to death. Uh-huh, that's it. If you see any brother sin and sin, which does not lead unto death, he shall give him life. So it is life shortage that makes you sin certain sins. Hmm. Because like I said, this is talking about a new life. You are in righteousness now. You are alien to sin. 
alien to bitterness, alien to hurt, alien to failure, but you don't have the life to live it. Can I even shock you today? A lot of us by mistake, chance on the ability to avoid temptation, but we don't have the energy of God to live out his assignment. So you are not fornicating. You are not sleeping around, but you are struggling to wake up to pray. I get it. So you have energy to avoid sin, but you don't have energy to serve God. It's two different things, yeah. Yeah, even, even to serve God, you need life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you here? So a lot of us, you realize it. We, we, have, we, we are not falling short. We are not being tempted. We are coming to church, but it's, it's become routine. God said, Pastor said we should come, so we have come. If I don't come, my shepherd will give me pressure. So you are here. So you are, you are not chilling. You are not in town, but you are here. Yet, you are being here, you are not alive. You are just here. Or oh, they say we are coming to pray, and we start. Bishop, bishop, bishop. Anyway, then you start bribing your mind. Uh, it's once a year. It's once a year. Ah, minty me, minty me. Ah, it's tall. Mm. They have locked my hostel. Ah, eraba, eraba, raba. How many? Oh, titi. Should you go? The next you say the person is sitting at the gutter by the roadside. Life is short. Shorten your life. The life is short. Shorten your life. enters a room the lady says oh please enter then she remove her towel and you cannot say no no it's life issues it's life tell him there's a step so it's like hey I'm flesh I'm human <laughs> prophet I'm, I'm not firewood I'm a man if you see the girl and how prophet, I you cry, I'm sure you fall. <laughs> yeah, it's life issues. That is the day I realized that uh, it is true that temptation is common to every man, but it made me realize that the higher the life, the more difficult it is to tempt a man. Very difficult. Because the Bible says, even your temptation is not by mistake, it is by the drawing out. So Satan comes and harvests a desire. The moment he arrests your desire, he said, a man is tempted according to his desire that has been drawn away. Every man is tempted according to a desire that draws him away. It draws you away. Then all of a sudden you are helpless because you are not under the influence of life. I'm saying something. This is the reason why uh, since you got born again, Alomo has been calling you silently. Because before you left, the Alomo didn't have ginger. Since you got born again, it was Alomo original. But as some of the ginger account, so as of one the for you, they are mixing the ginger with the alomo. Mm, this is how ginger tastes. This is how I used to drink alomo. Mm, are they very nice? So next time they do alomo advert, I say change the station, change the station, because the sweating is influencing something in your spirit, and you don't realize that it is life issue. Woman, every man has a roaming eye. I'm telling you, you think we don't see? see? But the difference is that when life intensifies, some things don't tempt you again. No matter how naked you are, abba, it will happen. Life. And I'll show you how it happens. Life. So it means that you are in the place of righteousness. 
But how are you that are dead? Romans chapter 6 verse 2. You are dead to sin. Live any longer. That means there is a new living that is outside sin. And is under the influence of that life of God. How you are living any longer there? You are no more there. Because your, your body is crucified. It's rendered jobless. There's an oppression of a life you must now live. But like I said, the moment you don't assume this life, you are more susceptible to go back to the original life. You will go back to the former life, sorry. The life that made you fall. You will go back there. Because you are not praying. But this is why we pray. This is why we fast. Because there's an instrument by which we energize our life in righteousness. So prayer is not to increase anointing. Prayer is not because of sheep alone. It is to increase the energies of the life of God. So that when I see a girl, I don't see hips. I see what she carries. I, was, I think I went to one of the branches. When I got there, I was ministering to a lady. I think she came with one of the guys. And when I was ministering, she started manifesting. And brought her tongue out. I said, oh. And I was saying to the... I said, yeah, no, no, it was it was it too. Kaswa too. So I told Pastor Antori, I said, Pastor Antori. Yeah, Winneba, sorry, Winneba. And I said to Pastor Antori, I said, Pastor Antori, this girl and the things that is in her will be ties any man who has left a fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I jokingly made a statement. I'm not saying try, but I'm just jokingly saying that. Before you even fall for last, bring the person to church. See if the person will fall down. So you can measure how much of your destiny you are about to destroy. Because after enjoying yourself, then you bring the girls at home. This is my babe. Then you bring them for service. Then we start. Come on. We never shoot. Then she start manifesting. I've destroyed four people's lives. That's <laughs> I Brother is in the audience. Say, blood of Jesus. You lie. After all the ejaculation, you blood of Jesus will do that. Blood of Jesus. Your semen is in Asamando. They've carried it. Everything you sleep with. One day I was praying, God said to me, says, Adam, if I increase men's life in the spirit, they will see some of the things they find attractive are demons. And day I was walking, I saw a girl. And I looked at the girl's face. She couldn't like she was looking on the floor. I said, No, why? And I saw, I saw it. One time I went to a hotel. So I was climbing the lift, and I think somebody like that entered the She couldn't raise her head. She was on her phone. Apparently, she was a prostitute. But she couldn't look at my face. She was on her phone. I don't know what it was. Apparently, you see, when they go for powers, they can sense fire. So she couldn't look at my face. So I would look at her, and she was looking down. And God said to me, Say yes. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. But when the life is not increased, already you are looking at her body so she can begin to act somewhere around you. This is the reason why, listen, I'll show you a secret today. This is the reason why when you are driving, a tractor driver insults you. Somebody can cross you anywhere. Don't get angry at the driver. Go home and say, what about their life has come down? Because Bible said when they were about to stone Jesus and they saw his face, everybody stood still. There's a realm of life. There's a weight that falls on you. When you show up, no matter how you are at fault, something changes about the matter. Policeman arrests you. When they see your face, oh, boss. Sorry, but boss, why are you driving like that? Wife. 
Oh, somebody's not getting what I'm talking about. Are you here? Romans 1, verse 17. Sit down, sit down. Please comport yourself. Romans 1, 17. What did I say? Let's go there. Now, this is the part. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the judge shall live. Now, righteousness does not just produce power. It also produces life. Let's see Amplified Translation. I'll show you something in the original translations of this ones. Amplified. For in the gospel of righteousness, God ascribes what and which God ascribes is revealed. Both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is written, the man through faith is just and upright and shall live and shall live by faith. The Norwegian version, the Greek version says that he shall be, he said, righteousness that comes from faith makes you alive. Makes you alive. Message translation. See how he puts it. Message puts it like this. So the judge shall live by faith. See how he puts it. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith. Confirming what scripture has all said along. The person in right standing before God by trusting him really lives. So righteousness does not just produce power. It produces life. So when you are standing in righteousness, there's a life that you are exposed to. There's a life that you are exposed to. The Norwegian version says that the, the, the just shall live by faith. It says that now the just by faith shall be alive. The just, the righteous by faith shall be alive. Alive to what? Alive to what? Child of God, when God created us, he put the breath of lives into us. Then he created in the garden two trees. But the operation of the tree was that because man was given a will, God cannot give everything to him without he desiring it. Because of a will, man's desire is the highest point for engagement. That is why the Bible says in Proverbs 18 verse 1, through desire a man shall separate himself. That's why the Bible says the woman saw the tree. So Satan's agenda with Eve was not to make Eve eat the fruit, but to make Eve desire it. The moment she desires it, nothing will stop the eating. So the greatest influence of Satan in your life is desire. He twists your desires. So the moment you stop desiring God, there will be a problem. That's why you should be careful. When your appetite for spiritual things are coming down, you are desiring something else. You are desiring death. So see what he said in Genesis chapter 3. That when Eve was told, Eve saw the tree. Even told, he came, she came to the tree in Genesis chapter 3 and told the serpent that, oh, God said we shouldn't eat. Satan said, God said we shouldn't eat. He said, no, 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 God said we shouldn't eat this particular tree. All this while she was talking, she didn't find the tree palatable. It was when Satan spoke to her and said, oh, this tree will make you alive. This tree will give you power. It will make you like God. Bible said, now she saw that the tree was good. You see, then the woman and when the woman saw, it means before Satan started conversing to her, the difference between her not touching the fruit was she didn't see it. Not that it was not there. She had not calculated its taste. That means desire had not come for the fruit. But the moment desire came, it was pleasant to the eyes. And tree to be desired. So every man is drawn by his own desire. It's an ancient trick. 
I preach a message in Kanishi Church, the beginning of war. Do you know how war started? There was war in heaven. And how it started was a desire. I will ascend. So the first world war, in fact, let me call it the first universal war, was Satan desiring God's chair. So every war begins from a desire. That's what James 4 said. From where do wars come from? From your evil desire. That's why if you want to fight spiritual warfare well, it's not killing witches. Because you can kill the witch, yet you have masturbation problem. Do you know what I've just done? After killing the witch, I bind every witch. I bind every wizard. Then you see one person, then you begin to do whatever you are doing. You have enacted a new button. And you think you have... You th- Oh, I am Shishana Dawson. How can I be killing a witch? How can I be killing a wizard? And after that, you are desiring pornography. No, you don't even understand. When men should go for battle, Bible said David was asleep. And Bible said David arose in the evening. How can you sleep the whole day? I'll show you something today to bless your life. Look. We have fought battles for a long time by the grace of God. See, Pastor was saying we're praying a lot. So we fought for a long time. And you see, wisdom should tell you that you have to battle, you have to create battle strategy. I realize that there are people who fight the end of a battle and don't find the beginning of it. That's why if you find the end of the battle, you see, the wizard, the witch, somebody dying, getting sick, dealing with poverty, is spells of war. Because if you start fighting, sir, the effect of the war is they stole the family. They planted the field. That is the effect that you have lost. So a lot of us, when we are dealing with witches and wizards, we are at spells level, not beginning level. That's why every time we can deal with the spoils and another battle rises. And we don't understand why we've killed this auntie. <laughs> another uncle rises. And we, we don't understand because what is starting the war is not what we are stopping. Yeah. Mm. So I've got to realize that no, 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 no. If you don't take care, you will bind till Jesus comes. Yeah. But that, that, our life is not designed for that. Yeah. Once in a while, yes, you meet situations where you have to deal with it by authority. Yeah. But most of the times, there are situations you shouldn't even be compromised in before a battle starts. You don't even realize that your lack of desire to pray is war. War has started. The way you are beginning to get offended with church time is war. Oh yeah. The mark of familiarity is the ability to be offended at once what blessed you. Because your boss can rebuke you, you don't get angry. Mm-hmm. Your lecturer can insult you for coming to lecture late. There's no problem. But let a pastor tell you, why are you now coming to church? You have offense. That's familiarity. Because, and that's why God never forgives you because you have in your nature to respect a man without grace. How are you disrespecting a man who actually has grace? You go to office and your boss says, foolish girl, isn't that kind of thing I told you? Come on, get out. Then you go and say, oh, boss is not happy. Do you get angry? You rather say, boss is not happy. It looks like the work I did, he didn't like it. But let your pastor say that. Is that how Christ is? Is that how Jesus will talk? These pastors, they control human beings. You understand? You, it, is, it is the absence of honor that makes you prioritize mortals over spirits. You don't know who has power in his mouth. Your boss has no power except salary. Yeah, yeah. But you honor him more than the one who has power on his tongue. Yes. 
Tell your neighbor that I know you are tired. But come alive. Tell your neighbor, come alive. Hallelujah. Amen. Now quickly, let's go to Romans chapter 10 verse 5. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Desire must come alive. Desire. So when you come to church, desire God. When you come to church, just let your spirit begin to come alive for God. Like That's why David said I was glad when they said, it means when I'm coming to church, I'm excited. I'm come to enter a new realm. I'm come to change dimensions. Let me tell you something. A lot of, I told you the beginning of war. Recently, God showed me a technology. He said, Adam, you are fighting at a level where Satan can fight. I said, no, what do you mean? He said, I didn't design spiritual warfare to be what you are doing. No. He says, I made you eagles. Mounting up as eagles means that. Check how the eagle functions. Do you know why the eagle does not kill its prey on the earth? Anytime an eagle comes, it has claws, it has beak. It doesn't handle you here. Because it knows in your terrain, it is finished. So the eagle carries you to a realm he alone can breathe. That means that if Satan is worrying you, just lift him to height. You know why? That height was where he was casted. So just carry him to where he was casted out from. On the earth, he is not casted out of the earth. He said, War unto the inhabitants of the earth. He has been casted into the earth. So he has come to the earth. Here is Liga. Hmm. So you have to carry him to the realm where he has been casted off. That's why he said he has made us to sit together with him in heavenly places far above. If you bring a devil there, they cannot survive. That's why I say in that mountain, no ravenous beast shall come. They can't come there. Why you are fighting on the earth? No wonder I said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mighty through God to the pulling down. The thing must require God and the enterprise and the location of God. If you are fighting certain battles, you have to just change height. Just change altitude. Some battles will stop. Change it. Change it. Some altitudes are there. Some demons can breathe. Carry them to that realm. And I was watching National Geographic and I saw a cobra come for a snake. And the snake was trying to bite him on the earth. The snake just began to fly. Yeah. So the higher they went, you see the snake begins, it's not that the claws was killing the snake. The air at that realm, the snake couldn't breathe it. The snake passed out. So change altitude. Some bat- Masturbation is not something you fight on the earth. That's why one of the greatest disservice you do to yourself is using effort to fight certain... It's in the, you are using flesh to fight flesh. There will be a problem. Enter the spirit. Kebada. Are you there? Let's read together. I want to go. Shall live by them. So he's trying to tell you that there was a kind of Romans also mentioned Romans chapter 3 speaks about the righteousness from faith. Romans chapter 3 verse 10. So he's saying that there are two ways by which life comes. The law produces life. And he says that anybody who keeps the life shall, the word shall live by them is the same uh, in the Greek, shall be made alive by the law. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? 5. When it says, death reigned unto Moses. So when the law came, life was introduced. But that life was a life that came by effort. So he said, from the beginning until Moses, death reigned. It means when Moses appeared, Moses means the law. When the law appeared, death reign was seized. But the season of death's reign was the glory of the law. 
which is by effort. And anytime you are tired, death will take over. So a lot of you are in righteousness. But you are reigning in righteousness by the law. So when you get tired, death begins to reign again. So you are not under the influence of life. You are still under the influence of death. I've tried, I'm not stopping. I think that's how I am. Yes. I've this thing I've done now. So now you begin to look for scriptures that I think Christians are hypocrites. Is it that they don't feel what I feel? Because you, you, want, you want to justify it, and it is a product of the law. Because you have used effort, and when you get tired, death will reign again. Death will reign again. So he said, Death reigned from Adam to Moses, not to Christ. Because when the law came, there was a kind of relief from death. But that death could, that relief was not sustained. It's a glory that fades. That means that by the time the power of the law is fading, death will begin to show up slowly and grab you again. And that type of operation is even worse because the darkness intensifies when it realizes that there's an opportunity for life. <laughs> Galatians 3.10. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I come to pray. <laughs> when I realized this, I understood why I have to pray. I pray for the distribution of life. So anytime life is low, I'm not praying because of which. No, 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 no. The first desire for prayer is because these people are talking. I'm working in town. I'm married. But I'm beginning to notice shape. It means the currency of life is coming down. Oh, am I preaching to somebody? So when you see a man cheating on his wife, it's not because he started from last night. Some days ago, I was preaching and I told them, sir, in Matthew chapter 13, the Bible said that the word was the seed. That means that if the word was the seed, what was the test? He said the seed that was sown, Matthew 13, is the word of God. That means the tares are also contrary words. Because if the seed is sown and it looks like the tares, the seed is the word of God. And that was wheat. But at seedling level, it looks like the tares. That means that both of them were in the same currency. Words. That means that, can I tell you something? There are tests you have sown that only will show at at harvest. This is the reason why there are some things you said eh? it is waiting for a day to manifest. Because you were frustrated today. If he doesn't marry me, I don't think I'll ever marry. And you have sown tests. So when they come at the initial stage, Marry is in the statement. So it looks like the marriage blessing. But inside it is a condition. If he doesn't marry me, so both the marriage that you want to marry is inside. Because right now, he's the only person you are dating. So it looks like a declaration of prophecy and intent. But in it is a tear. It is the fruit that will show you that you said the wrong thing. Recently, I was, I'm telling you, Psalm 141 verse 2. Set, he said, let my prayers be set forth as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Is it not there? Psalm 141 verse 2. He said, let my prayer be set forth as incense lifting up my hands, uh, evening sacrifice. See what verse 3 said. Set a watch. That means that the greatest opponent to your prayer is not Satan. It's your own lips. Your own mouth after prayer meeting can undo all you prayed about. That's, that's what he says. No, he just can you imagine? He says, 
Let me, my prayer be like the evening sacrifice. But as soon as I leave the prayer meeting, ah, life is hard. Oh. My lips has undone my prayer. Because when it comes to words, the recent functioning word is the last word you said on the matter. So it's not about you have prayed about it. What have you said about it after the prayer? That will determine the potency of what you prayed about. So a lot of you have porous and make holes in your own prayer life. Because in the spirit, it's the last prevailing word. That's the sustaining effect. What did you say about the matter today? You've prayed about it two weeks ago. I prayed for mommy. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Mommy is healed. Then they call you two weeks later. Mommy is still not well. She's still coughing. Hey, my mother cried. What am I? What? This present word is more prevailing than two weeks ago prayer. I'm showing you a secret today. That's why I said right after prayer, God should set a watch on your mouth so that your words does not dilute what you have prayed for. I told you, Satan, have you ever thought of it? Satan didn't enter the garden with a spear. He didn't enter with a cutlass. He came with words. That means he can't fight you beyond what he's telling you. Think about it. Satan cannot do anything in your life till you agree to what he's telling you. So it means the witch cannot have power till you believe the witch has power. Here, this is your auntie. She's powerful. Have you seen your prayer? It's not working. And you think it's you thinking or the Holy Ghost informing you something. It's not the Holy Ghost telling you anything. It's the devil whispering to you to intensify their power. It's the reason why I don't tolerate that type of deliverance. The person who roll, roll, who put him in special room, that this one is a special case. It's a lie. There's no special case. The name of Jesus is enough for any case. And the devils know I know it. So they don't play that game. Oh, the day I found that key, I've, I've rarely, by the grace of God, had any argument with any spirit. If you like, try. <laughs> then the demon is warning you. They, you, this pastor. You're like, hey, hey, hey. You're warning me. Because <laughs> God, Lord told me a long time ago that it's the spirit of divination that talks like that. The spirit of divination makes you forget the deliverance. And the demon starts saying that this pastor is powerful. It's a Paul and Silas. Listen to them. They are anointed. They are powerful. But it was a python talking. So sometimes you are casting out devils. The devils will make you feel like you are powerful. That's why Jesus shut them up. Son of God. He said shut up. Because he knows what their intention is. So if you are a pastor or a leader and you are casting out devils. And the devils are beginning to praise you. No, it's a python spirit. That knows that there is a problem with your ego. So they want to massage it. No, 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 no. No, this your pastor is too much for me. Shut up. <laughs> or you are preaching. Somebody, la, 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 la. My people, listen to our pastor. God has released it. It's a spirit of a python. <laughs> because the Holy Ghost will not bring attention to himself. Yeah. Why only he bring attention to the vessel he is using? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Even the God here will not bring attention to himself. Is it you, the mortal man? That he will make you important. So these are the things when the devil knows you know. Can I tell you something? That's why what daddy said was very powerful. Satan is afraid of knowledgeable people. Can I even tell you something? There are some things in the spirit when you know you don't have to pray again. I'm telling you. There are some things when you enter a shrine, when you enter the marine world, because of what you know, you don't need prayer. You can touch deities and they can't touch you. They know you know. They know you know something so they cannot retaliate. You will go home no more. Oh yeah. 
They know you know. That you are walking, all of a sudden, enter. Enter my car. He'll be shot. I will press his neck and he'll be shot. He will tell me who come me. I'll kill you. But he knows the people who make it a big deal. I went to a school in Cape Coast. And that school, there was a place called the Visual Department. And we were in lecture. And I'd been praying for many, about two years. Where I heard people talk about scorpions. And at that time, my zeal was so strong. I said, Lord, let scorpion bite me. Because I had heard that Paul, a viper bit me. So I said, Lord, scorpion should bite me. Magadibiata. I was waiting for that day. So when lecture, and one day I saw a scorpion by my leg. But the scorpion couldn't bite me. I said, ah, what? No, that the scorpion. Because a classmate of mine, he's still alive. The scorpion bit him. And he said, Lord, I should have been the one. <laughs> no, like with that hospital, I'll be fine. No, they said, look, ay, 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 ay. This thing is not something you dare. This is not something you even use enthusiasm to go for. You need an influence of life to understand the things I'm talking about. I, I had a story like that. You know, boys' school, sometimes the washroom is very scattered. So I went to the bush. Amen. Amen. At a certain place. And I was enjoying myself. All of a sudden, I saw a cobra came to bypass me. He, went, he didn't raise his head. And I continued doing what I was doing. <laughs> you know why? Because I had meditated. Listen. Later on, I heard a story. Doc was telling me. It's another story. A man was in the bush doing a thing. And whilst he was doing a cobra, rose up. <laughs> and what, he didn't raise up. He didn't scream. He said, what are you doing here? Dah! The cobra just went, bah! it was dead. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Life. I'm, no. I'm Hikova stable liar. There's a realm. There's a realm. When you walk in that realm, you know how to charge your battery. You know it's like your solar panel. You know like your phone, that your phone needs four hours to charge. At that frequency, you have dealt with life so much. I one day listened to Pastor Benny Hinn, and he says when his battery decharges in the spirit, he needs two weeks to come back. Pastor Benny Hinn needs two weeks. And they are woke. That means that that's your two hours prayer. It didn't charge anything. No, no, no. It, also, it means that this is somebody who has used the device of the spirit for a long time. So he's able to measure how much power he needs to be able to operate. As a, listen, when the thing is low, when you deal in life, you know the thing is coming low. When you don't deal in life, you don't even realize that you are spending more time on your phone, you are spending more time talking to people, most of your conversation is not edifying. You don't even realize your battery is low. You don't know. So the phone goes off. Then when the devil shows up, you don't know why you can't pray. Because you're not even aware that the thing is beeping. Low, low, put on charge. Put on charge. You don't realize it. Because you don't know the device. And this is what I'm talking about. What did Romans, Galatians 3 say? Galatians 3. No, today God told me to bring you to that place. Oh. I'm telling you. Because a lot of you, uh, you carry prophecies, but there's no life. One day I was praying and suffering, and God told me something. He said, Adam, the problem is not that I can't bless my children. But then in the spirit, all the blessings of God are already settled in heaven. 
He said, forever, O Lord, thy word is what? Settled. Some what? Some what? 119 verse 89, right? Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So the word of God, your blessing, your miracles, is already settled. The cars you drive, the houses you build, it's already settled. He said he knows your days. So how long you live? Moses prayed it, Psalm 90. Show us our days. Number it for us. So we know how to live every hour and minute. Teach us to number our days that we may apply wisdom. It means everybody here, God has distributed the number of days you should live. He has, everything is ready. Where you will stay, known unto God, are all his works before the foundations of the world. Then he also says that in Acts chapter 17, he has determined your times and seasons and your boundaries of habitation. From verse 26. That means that where you will be born, the family you will be born into, the area you will go to school at, all was already written before you came to the earth. Oh, no, no, no. God was not surprised. That's what he says. He has determined your times. Do you have the passion? Let's see what passion said. And the bounds of your habitation. Passion. From one man, Adam, he made every man and woman, every race of humanity, and spread us all over the earth, and set the boundaries of nations, determining the appointed times in history. That means that 1992, that you were born, it was God who determined you should born at that time, not 87. It's already written. So in heaven, every word is settled. That's why I said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the will of God is already done in heaven. Oh. See that you build. Hebrews 8.5, according to the pattern which you saw in the mount. That means that God already has the pattern for the tabernacle. It was not Moses that was going to make God look for a pattern. God already had it. He just looked for a person who looked at this thing. See that you build according to what? The example of the pattern you saw in heaven, in the mount. What he was trying to say was this. Moses had to, God had to wait for Moses to learn architecture and military engagement in Egypt. Because what he is learning, he will be the only man who is qualified to lead 3 million people under command. At the same time, if God is showing a pattern for a building, he has learned architecture so he can understand where the beam will be, where the outer court will be. He says, see. That means that even the visions you have is according to the trainings you've got. Talking to somebody. Because Daniel was a governmental king. He understood the methods of princes. He understood that Babylon and Medes and Persia and Greece and all those things. He saw it and understood the stone hewn out of a rock by a hand was another kingdom. He understood that this vision is governmental. That's what I want to tell you today. If you want a mega church, you need mega pastors. So the commensurate prayer is not wishful thinking. It is capacity building. That means that if you want God to bless you with a million dollars, you must be accustomed to give you $100,000. That's why a lot of you pray for some prayers. If you don't take it, you'll never see it come to pass. Because you don't even have the infrastructure to receive what you are asking for. Recently, one of my sons had an order. He started a restaurant. And he had an order. And when he ordered, the people brought an order, he wrote on a status. That's why you need capacity. Because if you are used to baking bread for 30 people, when 1,000 people ask for it, you'll be under pressure. Because your pants are not up to 1,000. So it's not God who is struggling to give you a million dollars. You don't have infrastructure to handle it. I was speaking to a pastor recently, and he said, 
when you become a popular pastor in Ghana, national security watches your service. Because now you are controlling one million people. So anything you say can affect the populace. They can do strike because of your preaching. They can decide to vote because of your preaching. So there are some levels when you get to, you come on the radar of national security. If you don't know how to conduct your life well, they will paralyze you. That means that there are some prayers you are praying for. Your own actions are disqualifying you from getting there. Ah! Markadus. Are you here? The influence of life is too strong for where you want to get to. And the moment you are influenced by life, the F is too small for you. Galatians 3.10 Galatians 3.10 God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God.